Hello and welcome again to another episode of Five Playing Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Native American artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American programs at Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Native American community from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Dr. Michael LeBeau, a citizen of the Standing Rock Tribe and president of the Sanford Health Bismarck region in Bismarck, North Dakota. Having been with Sanford for 10 years, he's a graduate of the University of North Dakota School of Medicine and INMED, Indians into Medicine alumni. What makes Dr. LeBeau so interesting is his humanistic approach to medicine. While all physicians focus on healing of their patients and work at superhuman levels to find ways to help and heal us, Dr. LeBeau has invested himself in the well-being of his patients and fellow in-med doctors that, frankly, just feels decent and good. And that's something that we all should be doing more of in 2020. So let's jump into this interview with Dr. LeBeau. All right, Dr. Michael LeBeau, thank you so much for joining us at Five Plain Questions. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me today. Oh, absolutely. It's, this is great having you here. Um, so let's just jump into it. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background and where you're from? Yeah. So my family, I'm enrolled in Eagle Butte, South Dakota. I grew up along the Canadian border. My dad worked in the oil field up there. And I think of Newtown as home, currently living in Bismarck, North Dakota. And can you talk a little bit about um, who and and what are your biggest influence uh, that inspired you to get into medicine? I think for me, it was really the interest in helping others. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I got the opportunity to work in Indian Health Service as an undergraduate and had many opportunities in the clinics. I got to follow along with physicians, nurses, pharmacists, got to work in Indian Health Service Administration, all just as entry-level positions throughout my career, and really was just fascinated by the process of healthcare. As I got further along, I actually really had a strong interest in diabetes one of my interests has always been kind of in wellness, how we care for each other, how we care for ourselves, and really what could a community do to care for itself and for our members in our community. The world of diabetes actually took me kind of down the road of kidney. I was always very interested in diabetic kidney disease. It was probably the thing that interested me the most as I spent my years early on in medicine. And in full disclosure, was probably where I had my most fear. If you grow up on the reservation, I think all of us have some fear of that dialysis center that we, you know, associated with sick folks. And But I found myself kind of interested in that. Along the way, I can think of many people that, you know, probably have influenced me. First one is probably my father. You know, it was always, and my, you know, my dad grew up working in the oil field, but he always took great pride in what he did and really always looked at each situation as the most important thing that came up. And it didn't matter what time of day or, you know, what it was, how trivial it seemed. He always took great pride and interest in fixing problems. 
I think of that just as, you know, you can apply that to most things, but really caring for people. I was really lucky to have the opportunity to work with many people. My biggest influence was probably Fred Baker. He was actually the CEO of the health service or the clinic in Newtown. And he really gave me many opportunities to be exposed to healthcare and really the time he spent, you know, working on programs to better serve our community. Interesting, my, my father-in-law, he was the head of maintenance at Indian Health Service and the same type of thing that I appreciated. He was always the first in to work and always spent time making sure that things were fixed correctly and everything was clean and he was very meticulous and, and very demanding. And, you know, I think those are probably the three early in my career. As I went through, there was a couple of nurses in Indian Health Service that had spent, you know, the majority of their life, you know, serving Indian country and just took great pride in it. And that was really, really, I think, motivating for me, just that it meant so much to them, even at the end of their career. And and I think those are probably the folks that I would think of, you know, that really inspired me or kind of my path of inspiration to go into medicine. Can you speak to your medical school experience and what, in, including InMed? Yeah, so InMed started for me well before medical school. I actually graduated from Minot State. I have a degree in psychology and decided kind of at that time, you know, I was kind of debating between a, you know, a career in psychology and decided I wanted to go to medical school. I didn't have my pre-med stuff done. And so it was fairly overwhelming. Moved from Minot to Grand Forks and didn't really know the process. You know, probably didn't put enough time in early in my career really researching it. And I got to Grand Forks and, you know, got to work in the in-med department and, you know, and I got a chance to speak there before, you know, I got to tell the graduates, I said, what a gift it is for, you know, Native American scientists. You know, it isn't just medicine, but in the health field, it's a group of folks that were always there to, you know, encourage, really show you the way and really make sure that things are done. And so before medical school, I think InMed played a part. They were very helpful as I put in my applications and learned the process and you know, it's fairly overwhelming when you're young. And so it was nice to have cheerleaders, but more importantly, people that could really help get work done. Medical school, you know, believe it or not, was probably one of my favorite periods that I've gone through in my life. You know, lucky to be from North Dakota, lucky to go to the University of North Dakota. Our professors were very supportive. First two years is obviously classroom and your basic sciences. They always had time for you. They spent many hours at night on weekends making sure that you were prepared. I think it's something that sets the medical school apart from many others was the commitment that they gave. During medical school, InMed was the same type of program. It was a place to go for nothing else, just for a high five and a greeting. And they were always good for that. They always made sure that things were in place and, and really were helpful throughout the way. My favorite part, though, was as we got to the years three and four, you get out into the clinics and really get your clinic exposure. 
it's really a, a spot where I think it became very real for me. You know, probably didn't always put in the most work, you know, early in my medical school career, definitely the first year. And you get out and you get a chance to look patients in the eye and you realize the gravity of what you're going into and the fact that people will depend on you, will put their trust and, you know, of their life and their care into your hands. I think it really became, you know, apparent that it wasn't something that you thought of as a job and it wasn't something just to get through school. It was really something you had to prepare to, you know, to be, you know, probably at the top of your game as you go through your career. Third and fourth years, I actually got to do some rural medicine, spent some time in Newtown at the clinic, um, got some good exposure there, and then really got to rotate through all of the, you know, medical specialties and it really is kind of when you decide what you're going to do. My plan when I started was to become a psychiatrist. I wanted to be a pediatric psychiatrist, but really fell in love with the, you know, science of nephrology or kidney. Um, I was very interested in the physiology and just how the kidney worked. And that kind of led me into the world of internal medicine. When I finished that, I then chose to go on for further training in nephrology or the study of the kidney. In the time uh, from med school up until uh, uh, your time over in the Bismarck uh, Sanford uh, campus there, uh, and sorry, this is sort of an extra question along the way, but could you speak a little bit about your experience with um, your work with the diabetes center, the kidney um, center? Sure, sure. So... After I graduated from medical school, I actually chose to do my residency or postgraduate training in internal medicine, just kind of the general treatment of adults, you know, elderly. Spent three years in La Crosse, Wisconsin doing that. Um, still was very interested in nephrology. In fact, I think it was end of my second year is when I applied for um, kidney training or what we call a fellowship. Um, but in between there, I decided to do an extra year of residency. So I actually did a fourth year, um, kind of an additional year as the chief resident. Um, it was really a unique year. It's kind of, you serve the residency program, you take care of the residents, you help with schedules and questions. You get to do a fair bit of your time teaching. Um, really a selfish year as far as I'm concerned. It's a chance to really work on personal growth, opportunity to learn kind of more in-depth medicine. Um, really a exciting year, really a very rewarding year for me and really kind of pointed me along the lines of administration probably from that point on. When I finished that year, I actually then moved from La Crosse, Wisconsin to Iowa City and actually went to the University of Iowa for two years of fellowship or kind of specialty training in nephrology. Those two years are interesting. It's you live and breathe kidney. That's kind of what your life revolves around. 100% of the rotations are based around the kidney. You spend a little time in hospital, clinic, do kidney transplant work and um, really a good two years educational. At that point, we were excited. My wife is from Newtown and we had a young family. We were excited to come home and 
So at the end of the nephrology fellowship, we've moved back to Bismarck and we've been here ever since. And what have you learned along the way? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I'd love to tell you that it's the medicine, but I think, you know, I graduated from med school now 18 years ago. And I think what I've learned is really the value of relationships. I just had a talk with one of my old patients yesterday. And, you know, as I've stepped away from practice and moved into administration, I don't miss the stuff that I thought was important when I started my career. I thought knowing all medications and how things worked and the science was the most important thing. But I really think what I've learned along the way is it's really the bonds you develop with your patients and really being honored to get to serve those that, you know, are at their greatest time of need when they're sick. I think to get welcome into families, to be able to be at the bedside with some of the best things that happen in people's lives, including kidney transplant, to some of the worst things, bad diagnoses and death. I think really, I think solidified the importance of, you know, relationships and really what that means. And I think that goes well beyond medicine. I don't know what career or what profession you'd be in that that wouldn't be important. And I don't think in our personal lives that there's really many spots where that doesn't probably ring true and really should be the important factor. I do find that that's a theme uh, along a lot of the conversations that I have um, with artists and um, administrators and curators in the arts. Uh, Cause a lot of the, a lot of the, the people that we interview on this podcast are, are more in the arts, but uh, we want to broaden this out to the native American community to show um, examples of different careers and what people are doing. And, but yeah, um, the relationship building and the meaningful uh, interactions that they have seems to be one of the, the most important things that people talk about. Yeah. And, you know, you hear that from people at the end of their careers and early on, I don't think I believed it. I didn't think that that would be me. I was always excited for the longest medication list and lots of problems and figuring out a solution for when it didn't feel like there would be something. But each year that became less important. I think the other thing I learned along the way is patience. (laughs) I think probably like most everybody, I think it's something that I was always quick to judge and very quick to have an answer or not. You know, I used to always feel that you could succeed or failure, fail in a day or two, where a lot of things take a long time. Building relationships. Some patients are very guarded. Some were very, you know, had bad experiences before. Hard to earn trust. And it always frustrated me that after the first 15-minute visit, we weren't there. And as the years went by, I think I understood the, the importance of patience and you know, letting things happen in their own good time. And what would you say to the 18 or the 22 year old that's listening to this or really anyone who wanted, would like to get into medicine? One thing I, I've learned uh, through these interviews, especially with the in-med students, is a number of them started later in life as opposed to um, 
right out of undergrad school into med school? You know, as I get the opportunity to visit with, you know, kids, young adults in Indian country, I think the one thing that I think is most important is I really believe that we belong. We bring, I think, certain gifts that a lot of people don't have. I think just from a cultural perspective, I mean, we're taught, you know, kindness and giving. I think that's an overarching theme if you just look across the community and the elders that we're most proud of. I think that, you know, they're there to serve. They're there to be kind and, you know, give you the shirt off their back. I think that's a gift that I don't think we exploit enough. I think it can get us a lot of places. I think the other thing I'd say is, you know, you got to persevere. It's... I think a lot of people have the ability. There's nothing magic about going to medical school. There's nothing. It doesn't change you. It's, you're still the same small town kid you were before. And, you know, I think you got to keep that in perspective. But you got to have the ability to continue to just go through the process. You break it into parts and you just finish one part. And every now and then you put your head up and you look out. And then you know, the thanks I give in med, find yourself the support group that you have or whoever it is you lean on that you can always go back to and they can continue to nudge. Last thing I'd say is like, from a medicine perspective, what a great career choice and not just physicians. I think to have the ability to form relationships and the bonds you form with patients is something that most careers don't offer and the true personal rewards that you get to go through people's trials and tribulations is amazing. I think it pays back more than just about any profession that, that you could choose to be in. And I always feel very lucky to be in medicine. Dr. LeBeau, thank you so much for this. This is a, this is an absolute pleasure. Oh, you bet. My pleasure. Sure, buddy. I mean. And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Dr. Lebeau again for his time and sharing his story with us. Uh, this this interview was deeply appreciated. Um, he is someone that I met uh, back in 2019 when my wife, Dr. Little Wolf, and Dr. Pantia uh, both had graduated from UND, and he was the keynote speaker at the NMED uh, ceremony. And I was very very impressed with the fact that not not the position that he holds um and not so much being a physician per se but it's the fact that he has dedicated his career to taking on um probably the biggest health disparity among indigenous people today and that's that's diabetes um you know the it's work that needs to be done and it work that needs to be continued and so i encourage you that if you're listening to this and you want to get into medicine and follow this field, whether it's a, phys- a physician, uh, RN, a PA, a lab tech, uh, whatever, whatever is your inspiration um, to do it. Because it's not about being the, the top or the first to be this, it's just to be it. And, you know, whatever your motivation is, um, feed off of it and, and drive towards it because uh, 
this is a disease and heart disease and all these other unnecessary um, diseases, I would say, that is taking the lives of so many people. Uh, earlier this year, uh, I lost my uncle to diabetes and it was a very sad and, and tragic end um, to someone who was so funny and such a good storyteller. And who knows, you know, um, how much more time he would have had. But that, the, the point being is, is that this is a disease that is completely preventable and we just need uh, more people fighting the good fight to eradicate it and to educate us. And this is the good work that Dr. LeBeau is leading the way on. So thank you for that. Back to this, I want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on Canna, that's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook and at our plainsart.org website. There you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and so on and so on as, as we are growing as we, as we move forward. That being said, uh, yesterday, which would have been Indigenous People Day 2020, uh, we crossed our thousandth download mark, meaning that a thousand times uh, you have listened to these podcasts, and we're a relatively young podcast, so... It's exciting to see that so many of you are joining us and listening to these episodes because um, these are stories of people that, that need to be told, that need to be listened to and shared. And I'm just so grateful that you're taking your time to, to listen to these. I sincerely mean that. So thank you. That being said, if you have any suggestions for me, uh, for someone to interview, please look me up on the Facebook page and message me because I would really like to hear from you. So with that said, take care, be safe. Wear a mask and take care of your family and elders, and we will see you next week.